constant research. From the ashes of the Great Apocalypse grew a society of historians dedicated to understanding why. Why did the Great Plastician Empire fall? Why did its people trust crows? Why known unknowns? Or indeed, why unknown knowns? The Markham Society does not have the answers to all these questions. What we do know is that we must continue the research. We don't really know why. Constant research. Welcome and goodbye. I am Markham, and you are listening to the Markham Society. It's a podcast created by myself, Albie Grace, and my longtime legendary collaborator, Daniel Clark. And welcome. Um, I know it's been a very long time since we've released an episode. Um, you probably thought we'd stopped marketing. We pretty much thought we'd stopped marketing. And you know what, maybe we have. We haven't really decided at this point what will happen with the Markham Society, but I just thought I'd do a little of the old chatting into the old compu-pew and see what we uh, see what we come out with. <laughs> Whether this is a mini or a full archive or what happens, I don't know. Um, so, you know, uh, firstly, obviously, just to explain the, uh, the long absence... <laughs> Well, look, there's not much explanation needed. Clarky had a baby. He couldn't do it anymore. Soon after that, me and my partner Carly had a baby. Uh, she's called Ava. Ava Florence Edith Grace. And she's a little adorable thing. Uh, six weeks old tomorrow. Um, and we're loving life. We're finding life very stressful. We're finding life very fun. We're finding life very different. We're going through... An experience which millions have gone through, millions haven't, and um, and it is it is one of those experiences that uh, you can't really know what it's going to be like until you go through it, and then when you go through it, you can't believe how fucking intense it is. Uh, we were told um, early on before we had the baby that that uh, by a good friend of ours, Kaz, if you're listening, hey Kaz, how you doing? Uh, and she she said to us. Um, be prepared to have your heart outside of your body from now on and uh, that is a very apt description of the way it feels to have a little baby it is to have one's heart outside of one's body um yeah but she's fucking adorable and she's little chubba and um she's growing beautifully and everything's going pretty well we are going through a phase at the moment which they call the witching hour where every um around about seven eight o'clock every night she just starts fucking crying and she will just fucking cry and it's weird because she didn't really cry that much before she was pretty pretty quiet um and now she will just wail and wail and it's very cute it's very intense it's very um stressful um it's hard to know what to do and you just end up just like rocking her and rocking her and rocking her my biceps and abs are getting buff. Sort of, not really. But anyway, 
I'm back. I'm back. And um, hey, look, look, welcome to welcome to you all. And look, it's been a, look, it's been a long time, hasn't it? And there's been a lot that's happened. Um, there's a few things that I'm, you know, that I'm wanting to chat about, and and we'll just see we'll just see how we go. So, for those listeners of of ours in the overseas or in a, not in Australia. And for those Australians, we're going to jump. We're going to jump into some discussions, and, and the first discussion we're going to have. I think that could be my my girlfriend. So excuse me. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where I was there in the thought process after uh, after that slight uh, delay of looking after a baby, but um, I did want very much to chat about this old plebiscite. Uh, so for those listeners not familiar. Um, Basically, what's happening in Australia right now is there's been a, a long discussion for the last several years about um, legalization of gay marriage, um, and it's taken many forms. Uh, initially, both par- uh, parties of our government were opposed. Julia Gillard, who was our prime minister for a period of time, a Labor prime minister, she took a stance of of, of a moral uh, a moral uh, indignation against gay marriage. That wasn't necessarily religiously based, but it was about um, uh, that gay marriage would somehow um, undermine the uh, moral fabric uh, of of our nation um, in in kind of non-explicit ways. Um, it's never it's never made particularly clear uh, what kind of insidious corrosion will occur through uh, through the um, through the gays getting married, but. It it is apparently going to be extremely bad, according to to the um, naysayers. So anyway, for some fucking absurd reason, it's become a really, really significant issue in Australia, and and it's been attached to this whole idea of freedom of speech, and and um and that you know the people on the left, you know, including myself, are um not letting people have free speech by saying you know. It's not okay to, um, it's it's not okay to um, be anti-gay marriage at this point in time because being anti-gay marriage is being anti-gay and being anti-gay is being a fucking bigot and there's not really any way around it. But they do make many uh, logical loopholes and interesting justifications and things for themselves. So you know, I I went through a sort of. A, a period of thinking because because um as you know from from listening to the Markham Society in the past um I was raised a little Chris Joe and uh, I know a lot about the Chris Joes and I've always felt a kinship uh, an understanding of of the um of the thinking and and there's no um I mean there's like wonderful things about the church and, and the Christian church and there's like so many things that are really great. And the community that um, you know I was provided as a kid, and and we were provided as a family through the church, even though it had its its negative aspects, it had a hell of a lot of positive aspects. Um, so I really did, you know, want to approach this for a while, anyway, uh, at a level of understanding. So at least we could sort of try and open this discussion up to actually convince people that it's okay. Um, which is what I want to do, you know. I want people to... I would love most Christians to gradually realise that it's actually okay to be gay. And this is one of those old rules situations that Jesus, you know, was was known to fucking tear up the rule book. 
And this is one of those old rules that if Jesus was back nowadays, he would tear up the rule book on it and he would have a couple of gay apostles. I mean, he just, he just would. He just fucking would. That's the, that's the truth. Um, that's the Jesus we were taught about as kids anyway, that, that he, that he, that he was willing to rip up the rule book and, and, and fuck with the traditions when the traditions were based on inequality, even if those rules came from his own apparent father. Right, that's what he did, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth was was the Old Testament, but by the New Testament he even said, that's fucking, no, not that anymore, it's love your neighbour as much as you love yourself. Um, like, there's lots of ways to interpret what's been going on right now, you can, you know, in the darkest timeline, as they say, the interpretation of what's going on now is that the the rise of the alt-right is allowing a lot of lazy bigotry, which is easy-minded thinking. Uh, it's decomplexifying issues um, and looking at things through through a really, like, muddy lens. Uh, and and that, that rise of the alt-right is fucking insidious and dangerous because it's it's attractive. It's, um, it's, it's, that, it's one of those forms of thought that says, look, you're better than everybody else, and, and these are the reasons why, and these are the reasons why you should stay angry. Um, so, the plebiscite. I haven't even really properly described it. So, in Australia, these politicians have been discussing this issue for too many fucking years without making a choice on whether gay marriage should be legalised or not. They're apparently just so fucking scared to alienate their the small amount of fucking old Christians who are bigoted enough, or, and and old homophobes, and you know mostly old people, but not all old people actually, homophobes and Christians who are fucking bigoted enough to still believe that the gay marriage shouldn't be legalized. They they're so concerned about alienating that voter base that they've decided that they're never going to vote on it, and that they're going to send it to this plebiscite. So basically they've decided they're going to spend $120 million on sending us all fucking postal ballots that say, do you believe you should, gay marriage should be legalised? Yes or no. And after that happens, they're going to decide yes or no. So they're not even going to vote after that point that they might not even end up voting. It might even not, you know, libs might not even vote on it in the end. However... What it's created is this fucking toxic sludge. I mean, this toxic sludge was already there, but what it's done is legitimised the voice of this toxic sludge and um, and said and said that this this voice is as reasonable as this other voice. And the fact is that it isn't. It just isn't. Um, and you can't. Like I don't mind if. You think uh, you think sodomy is a sin? That's that's okay for you to think that. But just like every other sin, right? See, here's the key. Like this is the thing. Christian, you know, if you're a Christian, and you think sodomy is a sin, well, don't do sodomy then. You know. That's fine. Just don't do it. If, if, why the fuck would you care about everybody else? Everybody else, they're, you know, I mean, you don't care when all these fucking huge corporations steal shitloads of money from you, you know, you don't, not fucking up in arms about that, are you? You don't, you don't complain about every goddamn priest that's fucking diddling little kids and has been doing it for 
hundreds of years with you know seeming immunity you know like that's not there's not you know you'd, you'd prefer most fucking of the Christians we're talking about would prefer to cover this shit up than than actually protect fucking children I mean like how many more how many more people are actually being abused by goddamn priests and 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 and, and magistrates and people in fucking positions of, of power who are straight white old dudes than fucking gay couples. Oh, it's been a while since I've podcasted, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little rusty on the horn here. Just realised I haven't told a joke in the whole whole entire time. And now I feel like I'm pressuring myself like I'm gonna have to tell a joke here when I kinda got I've got nothing. I got nothing. There's many things that resonate in the mind when you look at this uh, morass that this conversation has become in Australia. Uh, if you read the comment threads on any discussion about gay marriage, it's you know it's horrible. It's fucking horrible what what people are writing nowadays, and what they really truly seem to think and seem to feel that um, this vote legitimizes them to think it it it, it, it it gives them agency when you say when you put it down to a vote of yes or no to the people like there is an option here like this is something that we can decide on morally rather than just doing it it becomes a really a horrible thing it's 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 horrible i mean uh, I just can't imagine how horrible it is for people in the LGBTIQ community at the moment in Australia and around the world, but this is such a, a legitimizing of bigotry. And when you when you put it down to yes and no, you know those are your two options it says that no is 50% as valuable a response as yes and and yet there's no way that it is (laughs) whatever way you look at it when you come at it from the religious perspective, you know, you can shoot down any argument against it pretty simply. I would say, personally, here's a couple of my favourites that you might not know the stories. But uh, I would just say, well, you know, it's interesting interesting that you have a, an opposition to homosexuality based on a biblical reading. Maybe just mention the old story of Lot, and I don't know, maybe you don't know, maybe you do know the story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, but if you do, if you don't, I'm going to chuck it out there and tell you the story. I should actually get the old, the old book and read it direct from the source. <coughs> and then a bit of commentary. Now let's see how good my um, biblical knowledge is here. Where I can find it. I think this is in Genesis. Yep. Look at that. Not bad. Not bad. I got it. I got it. Okay. 
Here we go, chapter 19. <clears throat> the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he rose to meet them, and bowed low with his face to the ground. He said, I pray you, sirs, turn aside to my humble home. Spend the night here. Let's give him a voice, actually. He said, I, I, I pray you, sirs, turn aside to my humble home, spend the night there, and wash your feet. You can rise early and continue your journey. No, they answered. We will spend the night in the street. But Lot was so insistent that they did turn aside and enter his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking unleavened cakes, and they ate them. Before they lay down to sleep, the men of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house, every one without exception. They called to Lot and asked him where the men were who had entered his house that night. Bring them out, they shouted, so that we can have intercourse with them. Lot went out into the doorway to them, closed the door behind them and said, No, no, my friends, do not be so wicked. Look, I have two daughters, both virgins. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But do not touch these men because they have come under the shelter of my roof. They said, Out of our way, this man has come and settled here as an alien and he does now take it upon himself to judge us. We will treat you worse than him. And they crowded in on the man Lot, and pressed close to smashing the door. But when the two men inside reached out, pulled Lot in and closed the door, then they struck the men in the doorway with blindness, both small and great, so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone who belong to you in the city? Get them out of this place, because we're going to destroy it. The outcry has been so great that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went and spoke to his intended sons-in-laws, and off they go. They run. They go on the run from the city, right? And uh, and they flee, right? And says, you know, you got to go go fast, right? Flee to the hills, or you'll be swept away. And and, and he doesn't want to escape, and they they convince him, you know escape and he he runs and but then his wife looks back and turns into a pillar of salt which is one thing you might have heard before before Sodom gets destroyed how does it how is that described Lord rains down fire and brimstone from the skies on Sodom and Gomorrah he overthrew those cities and destroyed all the plain with everyone living there and everything growing in the ground but Lot's wife behind him looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt okay so i think there is a description here earlier there is a great cry over sodom and gomorrah their sin is very grave i must go down and see whether their deeds warrant the outcries reach me i resolve to know the truth but they don't really say what is going on there's a great outcry over sodom and gomorrah their sin is very grave and it's pretty clear what they want here. They want to have sex with the, with the dudes. So anyway, that story is um, one of the one of the sort of foundational uh, documents in the Bible in the Bible that describes um, why uh, why homosexuality is bad. And as you can see, 
it's a strange one, right? Uh, it's very confusing. Um, in the first case, it's followed up by Lot. By the way, let's just finish up. This is the last paragraph of this chapter where we finish up Lot's story here. Lot went up from Zoar and settled in the hill country with his two daughters because he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He lived with his two daughters in a cave. Both adults at this stage, I think. The elder daughter said to the younger, Our father is old and there's not a man in the country to come to us in the usual way. Come now, let us make our father drink wine and then lie with him and in this way keep the family alive through our father. So that night they gave him wine to drink and the elder daughter came and lay with him and he did not know when she lay down and when she got up. Next day the elder said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let us give him wine to drink again tonight. Then you go in and lie with him. So we shall keep the family alive through our father. So they gave their father wine to drink again that night, and the younger daughter went <coughs> and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down and when she got up. In this way, both Lot's daughters came to be with child by their father. The elder daughter bore a son and called him Moab. He was blah, 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 blah. So that's the end of Lot's story. So... When I was taught that story as a kid, uh, the moral of that particular story is that Lot is the good guy uh, in that story, um, and that, you know, kind of like bad things are happening to him. Um, the fact that he um, offers his two daughters uh, to, the, to the men instead of allowing the strangers under his roof to, to, be, to be raped by the, by the guys in the street. Um, is is the first heroic thing he does because that's um you know that's sort of like you know well you um you didn't know there were angels but you protected angels um trope and it's uh it's like um it was meant to show that he was like willing to do anything for a stranger um and I think also it's meant to indicate how horrific the sin of sodomy is considered um so I think that's that's obviously where the word sodomy comes from, that particular story, so that instance, that one story. Um, it says that sin is very grave, so I'm assuming maybe in other translations there's a bit more detailed description of, of the fact that their sin is having sex with each other. I don't know whether... I seem to feel like my mum used to... There used to be another, perhaps, description, but I feel like maybe mum would just explain to me what that meant, or we, or we heard what that meant in church. See, often you get this interpretation which comes with it, which then you look at it and you go, that's not actually in the original text. That interpretation is, is, is implied. And so the assumed interpretation here is, of course, that Lot is the hero. And, and that seems the case, because then, of course, the town gets destroyed by fire and brimstone. And then follows up with that story about his daughters, where apparently, after talking to my dad, he told me the interpretation on that particular one should be that um, the, the daughters are bad in that situation, and Lot's okay because he was drunk with wine and he didn't know what was happening. I'll just add that one as an addendum because of how conflicting these texts are when you read them, to actually pull some sort of empirical moral and say this is the... This is the rule and it comes from this story and this is why i mean there are later later on in the bible of course there are more explicit a man shouldn't lie with another man and stuff like that but this is the foundational story about why sodomy is so bad you know that a city will get destroyed because of it 
and you read it, and you go, well, what the fuck, you know, I mean, what the fuck, really, that's, I think that's the only interpretation you can have on that story, it's like, okay, well, what the fuck, are you saying to me that I should give my daughters to be, to be raped instead of some fucking dudes that can, that can handle it, they're angels, they can probably fucking handle it, so, you know, I just bring that story up. <clears throat> the other point that I came came to after thinking a lot about gay marriage and why, you know, should be legalised is, you know, if, if people come at you from a sort of, like, well, you know, gay parents, it's really bad and they're going to, like, you know, hurt children in some way, I would just say to them, hey, uh, guess what? Gay parents have been raising children for as long as there have been people who raise children. It's just that they haven't necessarily been open about it. Um, and allowing them to actually do it in an open way, legitimised in society. Um, you know, and look, it's not what every gay person wants. Marriage isn't what, what every person wants, but enough people do want it for it to be a thing that should happen. Um, you know, this plebiscite is going to look terrible, terrible, terrible in the future. We're going to look back on this and go, how fucking fucked in the head were we that we thought we had to do this? Welly, 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 well done. To finish up <clears throat> the return to the Markham Society for this uh, week or month or whatever I'll end up doing, I just I just have to. Um, it's just this hilarious threat. So this is you know the world's going a bit fucking. You know, the, I mean, if, okay, look, I'm getting old, alright, so I'm gonna say that the world's going crazy, but it feels like shit is getting a bit fucking ridiculous. Important things are happening that we're not worrying about, and we are so focused on. In incredibly randomly small ridiculous issues this was a hilarious internet instance to me which indicated how absurd shit is getting so here we go this is sunrise reported and this is apparently apparently well you will read from the threads but i'm going to read some of these comments because this is a really funny comment thread sunrise reported there are reports that South Australia's Department of Education is considering banning Christmas carols in public schools. Brackets, as they're mostly religious songs. But parents are fighting back. What do you think? Sunrise. Should Christmas carols be banned in state schools? Yes, with a thumbs up emoji on top. No, with an angry face emoji. So not with a thumbs down. <laughs> Very, very clear. Okay, so let's have a look at some of the comments. Aaron Joel says, I find it funny that Muslims can do stuff within their religion. We can't do stuff within our own. Double standards. I'm not being racist. I just think government laws should be fair. So we can't get married because of religion beliefs as well. Michael says, Pauline better be next PM. She and Lee with any guts to stand up to this absolute crap. Nana says, as an Aussie, 
I am feeling racially attacked and demoralised within cultural discrimination. In our own country, our culture celebrations and ceremonies are being denied to us. If you can't fit in with us, Australians, go home. Carla says, It's getting to that stage that I'm beginning to not want to live here in this country anymore. We're being stripped of everything. Fran says, no, the carol should not be banned, and may I suggest to you new Australians that before you decide to come here, you live, you decide to research our beliefs, our culture, our customs, and our laws. Do that research, and if there is anything that you don't like, don't come here. That will be so much easier than you coming here wanting us to change everything just to suit you. Ban Christmas holidays for all non-Christians then. What a joke. Christianity is the reason they get the holiday. Respect its origins. Oh no. Little baby crying. Crying baby pause once again. We'll just go a couple more. Will 2017 go down in history as the year of the greatest amount of proposed changes to our lifestyles? Minorities are stealing our children's future. This is, we'll finish off with this one. We're all know what the Muslims want. They get thanks to a weak government. Totally information, incorrect information, Sunrise, as usual. How about actually asking the source rather than just going on with yet another ridiculous attention-grabbing story? Department of Education had to email us denying this. Oh, my God. I know. Um, and so that's my show for the week um, I'm going to come back and do a couple more episodes uh, I'll let you know, I think what I'm going to do coming up is I'm going to do a couple of histories um, uh, with a bit more detail um, and a bit more research behind them, uh, so you know, you might see a mark them every couple of weeks every month, something like that I don't know exactly when they're going to drop now I'm just going to let it keep going, coming and going. Um, thanks very much once again for listening to the Markham Society, a podcast. Well, actually, before I go into this section, I might just finish that section up. So that just that little thread about Christmas carols, I just thought that was a fairly amusing, um, not even true story, which thousands of people got incredibly upset about. Um, and it's just a crazy, like, I mean... While the whole fucking world is falling apart with climate change and fucking global war looms large with madmen in control of every fucking instance of government and people behind the cover chewing apart all our future and stealing all of our resources and being completely narrow-minded about every fucking thing. At the same time... They've got us so fucking riled up that we are fighting bitterly with each other over something as absurd as a lie about banning Christmas carols. And that's what makes me an angry young Markham. Thanks once again for listening to the Markham Society, a podcast created by myself and Alan Grace and Daniel Clark. I've heard Angry Young Markham, Archive 25.
Nice new one, yeah.